conversation about real lives as real moms. No matter what happens, it's probably fine. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Joy. And I'm Kayla. And this is the It's Probably Fine podcast. Today, we're doing episode five. It's probably fine that family isn't one size fits all. Today, we're going to talk about the makeups of our families um, and mostly the differences between an only child and multiple children. This is a topic that a lot of people seem to have a lot of unsolicited advice about and a lot of questions about, um, asking, you know, as soon as you get married, when are you going to have a child or when are you going to have another child? Um, a lot of people want to say, when you have two boys, when are you going to try for a girl? If you have two girls, when are you going to try for a boy? It seems to be a topic that people feel comfortable asking about and talking about without knowing the personal situation of of people. And I think that there is a place for that with some people and some relationships, but I find that it's just people out in public that I don't even know that are saying things like, oh, wow, you have your hands full because there's three of them and one of me, you know, going out to pick up our click list. We're not even getting out of the car, you know? (laughs) I mean, we fully recognize that today we aren't hitting on all the different types of family styles and combinations. Uh, We're just discussing our own family experiences, how our families are made and and how they work. We know that there are uh, other topics that we can get into in the future, um, situations of infertility, adoption, blended families. Um, So obviously our families aren't the only uh, picture of a family that, that there can be, but they're different. And so that's where we start is with our own experiences. I have to believe that for everyone, that first kid really just rocks your world in a new kind of way. Whether you birthed the child, you had twins, you adopted, whatever it is, bringing a kid into your home is just game changer, right? Right. So for you and you you and your husband, what were the most like acute life-changing things for you guys when Em was born? Um, I think I'm going to say sleep (laughs) is the number one answer. I would agree. (laughs) I love him dearly, but he did not sleep for the first two weeks of his life unless he was being held. Um, You had suggested, like, some things, and other people suggested things, so we had all the things, right? We had, like, the rock and play. We had the swing. We had anything that could possibly help a child sleep, and he hated them all. (laughs) Oh, we should disclaimer. The rock and play has been recalled. Please don't use that for your child's sleep anymore. Yes. I, that was I'm just throwing it in there. It's a mom podcast. Right, so. right. That was uh, almost six years ago, so we now know that's a no-no, but at the time, it seemed like a great idea. It was a great idea at the time. Things right. change. Yeah. Not safe. Don't use it. But he hated all the things and only wanted to be held, so sleep didn't, didn't happen. Uh, we spent the first two weeks, or all, all of us... <laughs> Mommy, daddy, baby, and two dogs sleeping on the couch because baby had to be held. Um, then the, the next thing I think was just how the use of our free time changed. Mm-hmm. Or, well, that free time didn't exist <laughs> the way it had before. Um, our social life just in general changed. And the, the biggest one for me, I think, was the the loneliness that I felt and Mm -hmm. just a a feeling of isolation, even though I was surrounded by so many people that loved us and loved our son and people were bringing meals and and coming over and spending time with us. And you were at the hospital when he was born and it was just Mm -hmm. a waiting room full of people there to see him. Obviously pre pandemic, not COVID (laughs) times. Uh, You know, you were lucky to even have, your husband there with yes, you for the oh this year, mm-hmm. so definitely very different times. But even having so many people there to celebrate and support us, I just felt alone. That's something I I think is super common, and I don't think it really gets talked about a lot until you start to realize other moms are feeling that way too, and it's that that's exactly the feeling is loneliness and. You think this is supposed to be the happiest that I've ever been. I've just had this baby. And I I think it's not just twofold. It's like a millionfold. 
and the emotions are all over. And number one, yes, there are hormones after birth. I felt like my hormones after the kids were born was far worse than anything I experienced during pregnancy. So for me personally, that was a, that was a thing. But then also, exactly like you said, we had all these people around bringing meals when really the only people I wanted around were like my mom. <laughs> I don't even, most of the time I wanted my husband around, but you know, sometimes even right. then I was like, okay, you can leave now. Um, and it seemed like my mom was like the only person that understood what I was going through because obviously she had been through it, you know, and we, she knows me. And so I think, I, I just wish we talked about it more because I had no idea that that was a thing that is so common. And once we started talking about doing a podcast and having conversations and kind of talking to our friends and surveying what people wanted to hear about, that was a major thing. Yeah, and I remember having family come over and bring meals and all that, and then it would be time to eat, and inevitably, that's always when the baby wants mm-hmm. to eat. Uh, we both chose to breastfeed our children, and I remember always, in the beginning, I was a little more timid, a little more, more nervous about that, and so I would put myself in another room or go sit on the couch while everyone else was at the table eating, and I just remember sitting there by myself with the baby and everyone else is talking and enjoying a hot meal together and having that time together and I'm listening from the other room or at least, you know, even if it wasn't a completely separate room, just not part of that social interaction. And so it was a weird feeling to have a house full of people and still feel alone. Sometimes I wonder if that's like a family learning curve for the entire family and extended family because I I definitely remember those moments with E, my oldest, more than this time around. And part of it is probably because I'm more assertive in saying what I need. Uh, my husband is very responsive to me saying verbally what I need, but he isn't, it's like not intuitive. I think just because it's he's just not thinking about the fact that the baby ate two and a half hours ago. So the baby's going to be hungry right when dinner's ready. It's not in his brain. He doesn't need to know that information. So I get it. But I also find that now on kid number three, and also I'm the oldest in the family, whereas you're kind of the only one that's having children in your extended family right now. Um, Being the oldest in my family it seems like the rest of the family has gotten used to that idea that the kid wants to eat whenever it's the food is hot. So they'll literally say, hey, we're going to eat and ask me when is he going to be hungry. Let me and say, let me hold the baby while you eat. Go ahead and eat real fast. He's perfectly happy. Where with with her and the first time around, it was more like it just they just weren't aware. And I don't know if it's just because I spent at this point <laughs> two and a half years breastfeeding babies but um and so they've all just been around it um I think that that I I just I feel like we've missed the boat somewhere and like supporting the mom conversations about I just want to eat my food when it's hot please <laughs> just one time a week you know so, right I don't know, it's it's not a conversation people have I think part of that piece of um being the only ones with a little in our our family right now is that the schedules are just different for everyone Like, we're dealing with families who either their kids are teenagers or adults. And um, so, you know, M is the only little guy around. And I don't think people do it intentionally and they're not trying to to make things difficult for us. But I think sometimes people forget when, when their children are no longer in that stage and they are now adults who can change plans and stay up later and do those sort of things that you don't remember what it was like to be with a baby and they have to eat every two, two and a half hours. They have, you know, they do sleep a lot in the beginning, but as they get a little older, I feel like the Mm -hmm. sleep is, is less the snuggly sleep all day kind of sleep. And more like if this child doesn't get a nap (laughs) soon, we're going to have a total meltdown. Yeah. So it, it, it is a learning curve, I think for a lot of things and just figuring out how the dynamic is going to work. What's your new normal when you add a child to the mix? You can't just pick up your things and go. You can't just say, hey, we'll meet you there in 10 minutes like you once could. There's a lot more prep work, 
a lot of more things to remember, a lot of, well, we can do this now, but we have to be home by this time, or we have to make sure that, you know, he gets a nap by this time. So just the logistics yeah, it's of funny adding a, a little to the group. It's funny, even planning for tonight, I said I had to... I had to feed O and put him down because, to be honest, I just hate pumping and, like, didn't want to have to do that. (laughs) And, um, but he goes to bed at 6.30, so, and M goes to bed. He gets up a lot earlier than my kids, so he goes to bed about the same time. And so we we can meet at 7, not for dinner with the family, but we can meet at 7 because our kids are asleep by then. Which is different from a lot of situations where you have older kids and you're not even starting dinner until 6, 6.30. So now that your kids are getting a little bit older, do you find things settling down a little and and finding that schedule easier to navigate? I mean, it was for a minute. And then, (laughs) yeah, when the kids, the two older ones, I guess I should tell everybody. So my kids are 7, 4, and 11 twelfths, as he figured (laughs) out the other day. He's going to turn 5 next month. And then 7 months. And so the two older ones... I think once they hit, I don't know, four, three, four, you kind of can loosen up on the schedule. I can still tell if they are tired or hungry or we haven't been eating our fruits and veggies and getting exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it doesn't have to be on as strict of a schedule as the seven-month-old is just now moving into that stage of life where if he doesn't nap at one o'clock, we all get to pay the price. <laughs> Actually, mommy gets to pay the price all night long. Everybody else just gets to pay the price at witching hour. So. And sometimes even with the four and five-year-olds, we pay the price. That is true. That of is true. Uh, changing their routines and staying up later for the fun things. And yeah. Em was just reminding me today of when we stayed up till 12 <laughs> for Happy New Year ah. and how special that was. What a waste. Because <laughs> then it was 2020. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought it was going to be better. The, the glasses really were really cute that they wore. Yeah, and we had the uh, noisemakers and took some cute pictures. <gasps> oh, yeah. And then Elle was the only one of the three kids that was still going hard at midnight. The two older ones were like, we're done. Yeah. They made it, though. They I mean, did. They, they said Happy New Year, and they did the noisemakers, and they were super proud of themselves for staying up with the grown-ups. And you and I paid the price for the next three days. Yes. So... <laughs> Well, you can stretch it a little more as they get older. Yeah. It is possible, but you can still feel it. Not quite as much as you, not the immediate effects maybe mm-hmm. of, of with the babies, yeah. but it's definitely still there. Um, So for you, was the shift from one to two kids or the shift from two to three harder? I think short term... It's funny because I would have said having the first kid, it does rock your world, it changes things, but you have that nine months to prep yourself for it. Going from one to two kids was insane. It it tore me apart mentally in ways I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know. It also, they were closer in age, and so I had a toddler at that point who needed all the mommy attention and I do think it helps that she is a super caring person she's just very empathetic she cries when anybody else cries she's that kid Mm -hmm. and so she wanted to be a part of taking care of the baby so that helped um it wasn't like she was ever fighting for attention so in the short term that was a really tough transition physically it was exhausting things like that I think Adding O to the family just recently <laughs> was it, it rocked my world in a different way. Um, I think at first it was easier because I like easier than going from one to two or even none to one because I had done this before. His birth was super easy, low maintenance, it was COVID times. So as soon as I said, Hey, I want to leave the hospital as soon as I can, they were like, I had literally five different things going on in the room at the same time to get us out after 24 hours. As soon as they did his 24-hour check, we were gone. So that part of that was because of COVID. Part of that was because he's my third kid, and so they accepted that I knew how to, <laughs> how to handle a baby. Um, but then maternity leave was okay. Again, pandemic, so the kids were home. It was a little more stressful than I wanted it to be. But I accepted and kind of gave myself that grace of, I'm not going to sleep. I... I'm just going to let him kind of lead the way. And I was 
more on board with the feeding on demand and things like that. I didn't try to get him on a schedule that first three months. Um, When I went back to work, that was completely different and far more difficult this time around. And I think, number one, I'm older and I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, it's it's amazing the difference like seven years makes. Number two, there is a global pandemic still going on, mostly in the United States, it seems. Um, And then number three, adding a third child is uh, my husband and I are outnumbered no matter how you look at it. So short of having my sister or my in-laws or my parents over every single day, there's just no way to share the load very well. And I, so in the short term, I would say two to one to two was harder long term after adding work back in and all the other things that are going on two to three has been my friends have been very understanding let's just say that of the friendships that I have not been doing very well keeping up on and yeah I'm just like catching those glass balls man all the plastic (laughs) ones have dropped catching all the glass ones I think, you know, you you were kind of out of the baby stage for a while. Like, your first two yeah. were a little bit closer, so, you know, even though that was a huge transition, you were still kind of in that phase a little bit. And yeah. now you had gotten to the, well, even all three of our kids, when they were together, like, we knew the thing. Mm-hmm. Go, like, go play in the backyard, entertain each other. You know, they know the rules. They know the, how it works. And then... We could watch them through the window. We didn't have to be in the conversation with them all the time. Like, don't put that in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you're going on trips and hiking, like, they got to the point where they could carry their own little snack mm-hmm. backpack. And they, you know, you'd figured out kind of a system. And then throwing in little O. And he's an easygoing baby. He's, he's super chill. He's you got long very lucky. <laughs> I did. Very lucky. Sometimes you don't even know he's around. He's just yeah. sitting there checking everything yeah. out, watching the big kids. Um, but, you know, it's it's a baby. It's it's back to that, mm-hmm. that baby stage where he needs you for everything. And some of the rules changed, man. They recalled my rock and play, which was <laughs> like my go-to tool. There, there have been things that I, I've been educated on that I didn't know changed. And ultimately, each child that we've had has altered the dynamics of the family and how we function on a, just a day-to-day basis. Uh, for example, <laughs> I don't always have to entertain them. They have a built-in friend, at least at this age. I realize, you know, teenage years, they're not going to get along as well as they do now. Uh, but I know that that has been a struggle for you sometimes with M, not having a second there to occupy him yeah he's a super social friendly kid and asks to see your children just about every (laughs) single day of his life and I have to explain to him uh, they have lives they have a family they have other things going on and he doesn't like that um (laughs) we don't have lives right now we just stay (laughs) home and wear masks Well, then I'll let him come call you every single day hey can we hang out again and again and again um but yeah, that is a struggle sometimes. Um, when he was little, up until about three and a half years old, and then even now again this year, uh, my husband work a, worked a second job that had him away from the house a lot. So M and I were buds. Like, we did everything together. Um, we cooked dinner together. We went to the grocery store together. We, I mean, if I had to do it, he did it with me. And so there are times now that it's like, hey, man, can I have just like a minute without you on me, with me? But because he's so social and he, he loves that interaction of being around people and he's got all the grandparents that spend a lot of time with him and focusing on him, that when he doesn't, sometimes it can be a struggle for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that if he is with my husband... I'll come home and he'll be like, yeah, he played cars for a while and then he played blocks for a while and then he, you know, played with the dogs for a while. And I'm like, well, what did you do? And he's like, well, I like watched a football game. (laughs) So he like, he let you? Moms are different than dads. (laughs) He he wasn't like begging for your attention and climbing on you and saying your name a thousand times. He's like, no, he was fine. He was happy. We were good. That can't be true because I have seen your child and been around your child enough to know. (laughs) If he was home with me... As not his mother, he would have all the questions and want all of the playtime. So I just, I know. I don't know how that happens. I don't either. But it never happens with me. No. It happens with other people. 
so I hear, but it never happens with me. Um, so, you know, there are times that I have that mom guilt and I question, like, am I doing the right thing for my son? Am I, am I causing him long-term harm in some way by letting him be an only child, by making this decision for how our family is? Um, you know, and we get those comments of like, oh, he's so cute. He's so sweet. He really needs a little sister. When mm-hmm. are you going to give him a little sister? Yeah. Now it's never a little brother. It's always a little sister. Well, you know, we all get to pick exactly what we get, so. Right, so what if he what, what if he had a little brother? Like, then would it be like, oh, well, you, you messed up. Like We got a little bit of the, well, you already have a boy and a girl. Why would you want another child? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that, and I'm already pregnant. So, there seems to be this expectation of, like, yeah. the perfect family is a mom and a dad and a son and a daughter, and that that is it. And if you're not doing it that way, then you've done something wrong. Which is so strange to me in this day and age where we have, it's so at the forefront of your mind and at the forefront of every kind of visual, like, commercials and everything. Every type of family is represented. I don't understand why that's still even a thing that people say. I don't either, but it seems pretty common. Yeah, I agree. Um, I lots of people have, have kind of had that, those same comments, whether it's it's people close to them that, you know, genuinely care about them and love them and want them to have... Uh, a family. I mean, all grandparents, I feel like, want well, more grandchildren. Different. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many, like, just have all the grandchildren. Yeah. But even strangers, even people, you know, people that approach you in the store and comment on how you have your hands full. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know why they feel okay to say that. Maybe they're just trying to be make conversation. Yeah. We do live in the Midwest. People like to talk to you. They just do. for any reason at all. <laughs> they do. So when we say... Yeah, no, and <laughs> hope, and I'm just going to squeeze by you here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why. Just, that's, that's just part why. of being from here. Yeah. Well, with that, him being an only child, then let me ask you this. In your experience so far, is M a stereotypical only child? Yes, probably. <laughs> But also, some would say, I have those qualities, and I'm not an only child. Some might say that. Some, like you, (laughs) and others, might say that I have. Now you have to specify what qualities. So we had to look up stereotypical only child qualities, just to clarify. Which made Kayla feel super secure about her personality and herself. Yeah, if you have an only child, and, and you're, like, questioning, am I doing the right thing... Don't, uh, don't look up. No, don't do the Google. Don't do the, the only child syndrome Googling. It'll make you question <laughs> even more and feel I'm sorry. You know, cause we saw, oh, that siblings are good for our mental health and they're good for like all the reasons having a sibling is a great thing, which it is. I have siblings as well. I always thought I would, you know, have a big family. If you would have asked us many years ago, <laughs> who would have had one child and who would have had three? This we would, would not, not have, we would not have predicted that correctly no. at all. Um, but some of those characteristics that we found were um, bossy was one that came up a lot, <laughs> and I've been known to be a bit bossy, and so is my son. Um, he knows what he likes, and he knows how everyone else should like it too. Right. And there should just, we have certain expectations about the world and how it works and how other people should (laughs) do things. And when things don't go our way, well, we have been known to to throw some temper tantrums. And I will say that uh, stories about myself as a, a child, I was a lot like him. But I kind of grew out of that. Did you though? Probably not, but I manage those. I manage those characteristics in myself slightly better as an adult. What about him being spoiled? Is that a uh, concern or a thing? I know that's like the stereotype of an only child is that they're spoiled. Yeah, well, with my husband and I both being educators, I think we try really hard to be intentional about that. Do your um, parents try really hard? So here's the thing. <laughs> um, M has seven grandmas, I think. 
Um, between I, don't know, I lost track. Grandma's great grandmas. He has a great great grandmother who's still alive and almost ninety seven years old, and we're super thankful that that he gets to still have her around and those experiences with her. Um, so yeah, I think seven grandmas and five grandpas. If I'm counting real quick, six. I don't know, a lot, lots and lots <laughs> of grandparents. Um, several of my grandparents are still around. So while that is an amazing blessing, and we're so thankful for them. That's a lot of people that love him and buy things for him <laughs> and take him places and do things with him. So, and like we talked about earlier, he's really the only little guy in our family right now. Um, the other, you know, grandchildren, he's either the first, like on my side, he's the first grandchild of my parents um, for my husband's family the other grandchildren are much older in high school and college now. And so he gets all that love, all that attention. And uh, fortunately and unfortunately, gets his way a lot of the time. Because yeah. there's no one else to have to make those compromises with. Um, we did, from an early age, decide that it was very important for him to go to daycare, go to preschool, be around other kids. That didn't always go smoothly <laughs> because of his tendencies to want to have things just so and just the way that he thinks they should. Um, but we also think it's important for him to feel that frustration. Yeah. To know that not everything's going to go his way, even if he wants it to, even if he thinks that's how it should go. Um, even when we're playing games as a family, no one ever wants to lose a game. That's not enjoyable but you know when he loses the game and he's like I don't want to play this anymore and we're like okay well daddy and I are going to keep playing without you then hopefully you join us when you're ready because that that sense of frustration that a lot of kids feel with their siblings is something he doesn't necessarily get from other kids here at home but we want to make sure that he gets it somewhere um, so sometimes that's with your children <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times that's with my children <laughs> And he calls them, you know, his brothers and sister, and he loves them as if they're family. So we've been very blessed to have you guys around and close by and have our kiddos growing up together. But yeah, there there are some of those traits and tendencies yeah. of, of an only child that we see with him. Um, but he also is that very caring, nurturing person that loves his baby doll and takes it everywhere and cares for it and... You know, loves O, and when he comes over, and, oh, the baby! <laughs> Everybody loves the baby. Everybody loves the baby. That's probably not going to bode well for me later, with him being so much younger than the other three. Is That's going to, he's going to be He's going to have only he's child be, syndrome. No, it's going to be worse. He's going to be the baby of the family. He's going to, I mean, he is now. Obviously, he gets whatever he wants, but he's going to be this stereotypical baby who gets whatever he wants, because there's, like... It's not even a huge gap, but if he gets a big enough gap that the other kids are going to be like, fine, have whatever you want, you know, and yeah. just to get him out of their hair. And you're just tired. I, you're that's just, true. After the other two, you're just going to be tired and like, that's it's true. fine. You yeah. can do that thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you can totally stay up until 10 o'clock watching whatever you want. I don't care. I'm going to bed. That's and he's going to push those boundaries. Like, well, the older kids get to stay out till this time or they got to go to such and such. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just be really chill. You've already told him that he's going to be the perfect child. He has that to be never breaks the, the rules. <laughs> he said, because you're never going to do that to mommy, because are my you? other kids are so far. I think that the stereotypes of firstborn and secondborn and things, I don't I don't know how much those really extend into adulthood. We we joke about it with I'm the oldest of 3 as well, and so we joke about it in our family. And my sister being the baby, and she is the favorite. Let's just get that out there. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. We all know it's the <laughs> truth. But, um, we and we that's just kind of an ongoing family joke because she's just easy to, she's just easy. Then that's how O's going to be. Whereas <clears throat> E is um, me. <laughs> she, we, she's not bossy. She directs. So she has a certain way that I love that my child go. and I are considered bossy. I didn't call you bossy. You said but that. But that you <laughs> and your daughter are just directors. I might be bossy. She 
legit in her head has the way that it's going to happen and sets it up. It's She's, like, manipulating things before they happen, and then the boys just do what she says without... I don't think they even know. She's the Angelica I, of the group, of the Rugrats. Oh, without the voice, though. Yeah. Without the voice. Not so mean. Not so, No, that's you know, true. Conniving. She's super empathetic. If, if somebody's crying, she's crying. If they're... She's, she, yeah, she's nice. But she's kind of the ringleader of she the, like... She's definitely the ringleader. Hey, boys, let's go do this thing. And then when you get in trouble... And then you're going to get in trouble for yep, it. Yep, when yep. they get in trouble, she has no idea how they got that idea. I know, they just did it. Yeah, she's that kid. But she's also <laughs> very intuitive, and so some a lot of times I've had to be like, um go out of the room because you can't even witness or be a part of this conversation because she'll catch on to things. There's no way to, like, sneak things past her. So she's very type A. One day she came home super upset from school. She wouldn't tell me what was wrong, wouldn't tell me what was wrong. And then, this is kindergarten that she did this. And then I asked her, finally got her to tell me that she said the letter C when it was the letter D, and it was just destroyed her world. It was the first time she'd ever been wrong. And so we had to have a whole conversation about, um... Every, you know, everybody's wrong, even sometimes the teachers are wrong, mommy and daddy are wrong, and we learn and, and do that whole, like, lesson moment, but that's Look how her. much she's grown, though. Look at look at the growth she's had since yeah. then with her quote recently about giving herself, giving herself grace, grace when things aren't perfect. I didn't teach her that. I don't know where she got that, but I'm learning from her now. <laughs> so that's we're just going to roll reversal. That's big. But we're a little perfectionist. Yes, exactly. And she'll always be a little perfectionist, I think, at heart. But hopefully we can mellow that out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a normal first child thing. And whereas Elle is, like, going to let his sister do the hard work, and he just kind of sometimes decides he doesn't want to, and so he's going to sit down and not do it. <laughs> but he's the creative, sensitive soul of he your children. He is. He is very... He can play for hours. He's If he was an only child, he'd probably be fine with his personality because he will play to the point where I'll have to go find him and remind him it's time to eat and <laughs> because he just will play for hours by himself. Whereas she wants me to tell her she's doing a good job on whatever project she's working on every 15 minutes. And I kind of get that. I feel the same way. I want that positive affirmation. And he is just in his own little world. And so it'll be interesting to see how O kind of fits into that dynamic of his older siblings both have these big personalities. And I don't know, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how their relationships kind of blossom. And, blossom and um, I'm hoping that we can foster a continuing friendship between Especially E being the oldest and O being the baby seven years apart. I'm super close to my siblings, and so I would like for that to be a thing that they come away with when we're older. And I'd also say that regardless of birth order, each of them is so different personality-wise that I find myself then expecting different things from them. And maybe that's okay. Maybe life isn't supposed to be exactly fair, uh, but maybe I'm just recognizing their strengths and weaknesses and what they're capable of and that's a whole other conversation I don't I think the mom that I've become is not the mom I expected to be based on who my son is and what his personality is like I didn't get the kid I expected like (laughs) sometimes I think I filled out the order form wrong or I don't know I love him dearly but man he's he's a challenge and so there are things that I do now as a mom and ways that I parent him and walk him through certain situations that years ago I would have been like, what is wrong with her? She lets her kid talk to her like that? Who lets their kid act like that? I would never. You're talking about before you had kids, right? That you would have thought that? Oh, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, but now I know my son has big feelings. I know he has big reactions. Everything is big with him. Happy is big. Sad is big mad is big and something that I'm learning I will say that I have learned and grown so much as a person and as a mom because of some of his challenges because of who he is um and having to do my own research of like okay what's going on here and I'd like to think that I'm a better mom for it um that maybe some of the things that were a struggle for my parents and and me as a child I'm learning more about 
the things that are a lot like me. You know, some of the things that worried me or that I had a hard time with in school or just emotionally. He's he's processing some of those same things and now I have some of those coping skills mm-hmm. to help him walk through that. Um, so I think just not judging other parents as much. It's easy to be like, oh, well, I would never or my kids would never. But each kid is different. Each parent is different. Each situation is different. So when my kid rolls his eyes and says something terrible to me and walks away, I know that he's going to go take some deep breaths and he's going to come back and he's going to tell me, Mama, I'm really sorry I said that. Yeah. But that's taken us a long time to get there, to, to teach him those coping skills and to help him process those big feelings he has. Yeah, we had to, or have to, are learning. I don't, it's current. It's not a had to. <laughs> uh, learn some, just a lot of new things with Elle. He's he's just very different than E. She is uh, the kind of kid that you look at her with a stern face and she feels corrected and she feels rebuked almost and just like she knows and she also knew the rules to begin with whereas l sometimes i i set the same boundaries with each one but i think he sees them differently she sees a boundary as a hard no he sees a boundary as a is it though because it seems a little squishy (laughs) you know and he's just he's the same way he's her emotions are on a scale of 1 to 10, she ranges uh, 4 to a 6 normally. And if she's outside of that, you know something's wrong. You know, something very dramatic happened. You know, she's actually hurt. She's not the kid who falls down and pretends like she's hurt. Like, if she's crying on the ground because she fell, she's actually hurt. He, I, I don't, he's going to be a great actor one day. <laughs> I don't know. His emotions are big, too, and... I think you gave the example one day of, you know, his reactions are the same whether he's bleeding to death and dying <laughs> or, like, yeah, he got has a, a hangnail yeah, or a splinter. <laughs> like, you don't know. Yes. The, the reactions are just big. The boys, our boys, just have big feelings mm-hmm. and big emotions uh, as, a, as compared to E. And I don't, I don't even know if that's a boy mom versus a girl mom thing. I think that's just what we happen to be blessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it is a blessing, though it's it a is. challenge. They love big too, though. They do. They is fierce, is what I say about him. He loves me with a fierceness that I didn't expect, mm-hmm. and I didn't really even know it was possible. Yeah. Um, gets me right to the edge. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just going to lose it and I can't do it anymore. And then he comes in with that that fierce big love. Yes. And then, Everything is on the outside. And I'm not that person. I'm not a feelings on the outside person. I'm more like he is where it's if you get me to cry something not get me to cry. I say that like it's a bad thing. Crying is okay. Other people cry. It's a thing that people do. If I'm crying, it's something real bad. <laughs> Whereas I cry about everything. Yeah, I could be happy. I could be sad. I could be mad. I could be... <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever cried happy. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think that's a thing for me. But that's okay. Yeah. I feel happy. I just... It doesn't show up in my eyeballs. <laughs> My happy doesn't come out of my eyeballs. That sounds like something Elle would say. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's creative language. It we're is. Gonna, we're going to embrace that yes. and, and use it. That's a good thing you're a kindergarten teacher and you can understand what I'm saying. Obviously, our boys love big and have big emotions. I don't know if that's a stereotypical boy thing, but, you know, being a boy mom, how do you feel about being a boy mom? Um... I do love it. It sometimes catches me off guard, I think, because everything is just big and rough. And, like, (laughs) we don't just hug. We tackle. Like, we don't just... Nothing is halfway, right? Like, Like we said with our boys, everything is big. Everything is big emotions. Everything is a weapon. And dirty. Also. Everything's dirty. Everything's dirty. Like, we cannot eat a a meal without... (laughs) I don't even know where it comes from. There will be 
chocolate all over the face and cheese all over the floor and luckily we have dogs i don't understand how and, he's this old and still just messy about everything and no, no finesse no real notice no. that oh, like no. there's mm-hmm. chocolate in the hair and nope yeah, it's all, and there's lots of, like, the bathroom words and bathroom humor <sighs> is just there. Like, yeah. it's not taught. It just happens. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I... fart and poop just <laughs> becomes funny. Like, I blame just, my husband. <laughs> my husband also says, well, it is funny. Like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I guess it just comes naturally. You know, being a boy mom is all I all I know, and so it just, it is what it is. I, I love it, and I love him, and... Um, I don't really have anything to compare it to until, you know, I see E and, and other girls and their moms and like the matching Target sweaters is a big thing right now. I don't know if you've been seeing I... that, but there's like mommy and me. Um, really? Yeah, you should look into that because that you could get E to do. Because it's a girl thing. Right. She, she would, would wear. Well, right now, let's, she's seven, you right. know, in about another seven years, there's not a chance, but. But that's a super cute, she would be all about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas mine would be like, nah, I want to wear this like tank top in the middle of December <laughs> with mismatching basketball shorts and my cowboy boots. I don't know. I had Ellen suspenders the other day for Christmas photos, and he was all about it. I don't know how you get these children. <laughs> I um, did bribe him a little, mm-hmm. but he, I think it's because the baby had him, and so he was like, all right, I can do this for, he wore them for 20 minutes, let's be real. And then I made him take them off before he ate anything, because it would have been a disaster if he had his <laughs> Christmas clothes on while eating anything. It could be crackers, which are easy to brush off, but I would still somehow find a stain on his clothes. We went looking at Christmas lights the other night and uh, just grabbed some, like, fast food drive through stuff on the way. And Em told me later that if you ever drop sauce on your clothes, <laughs> you can just rub it. <laughs> And it just goes away. Good to know. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't think so, but fine. Like, I just kind of let it go. It wasn't until he decided to put those same pajamas on the next day that I noticed the big yellow smudge on the white, you know, cute Christmassy PJs. And I was like, dude, what's what's going on there? The what's that that from? totally went away. And he was like, I don't know. And then I remembered the sauce conversation. So I'm guessing, though I didn't know it at the time, I'm guessing he had dropped the sauce all over the shirt and then just rubbed it in and it went away. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it wasn't know. that big yellow stain no, on there the next sure. day. It just disappeared like magic. And I think that E did things like that when she was <clears throat> like two. But, you know, she grew out of it far before the boys have. And I, they have to grow out of it eventually, right? Because eventually they've got to, like, get married and stuff. And my, sometimes he's messy, but my husband doesn't just drop food on his clothes and rub it in. So so there's hope, I think, is what you're I mean, saying. he's, like, 30-something, so <laughs> I don't know how long it took him to get there. So they've got time. And, you yeah. know, is that is that a firstborn thing for oh, me no. is I that think that's a, a boy and girl thing is that a boy and girl thing is that just who they are as people i think it's a boy and girl thing some of this stuff is boy and girl things because i have seen families with all girls who the girls will sit and read and be still for a moment not a long moment but a moment and l and m are not like the L may play by himself, but it is not a quiet sit-still endeavor. Mm-hmm. It is a bouncing off the walls all over. And anytime that we leave the house and he's with his dad all alone, the only game he wants to play is wrestle. Mm-hmm. Oh, wrestle is for sure. We wrestled three times yeah. the other day on the weekend, and it was still not enough. Yeah. It was still, can we please wrestle again? Can we please do it again? Yeah. And he wants to do the jumps and the flips and the the risky climbing trees, but, and she'll, she'll like wrestle a little bit and she's always been this way since she was a kid, but it's not her go-to activity. If I said, put them both down in front of a coloring book 
and was like, hey, do you, can you guys quietly color a picture for a minute? And let's pretend that they were the same age. If they were both at four years old, I said him in the coloring book, she would sit there and color. It wouldn't be what it is today, but she would sit there and color for at least 15, 20 minutes. He would put a stripe across the page and say, I colored, mm-hmm. and then go do something else. <laughs> right. Or scribble the whole thing one color. Yes. That's an M thing to do. It's like, yeah, I'm done. Can I go do the other thing that sounds more fun? Yeah. That's loud. The other thing that's, that's loud. Loud. That is the thing with the gentleman. Yeah. Loud. There's always noises. M was running around the house tonight after dinner. I don't remember. Playing some game. Playing, like, he was using his brakes, making a brake noise. It What's was that? Is it squeaky? It was a high-pitched, shrill, yeah. not pleasant. Every time he turned, every corner, every Oh, yeah, like twist, a race car. Every, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drifting is oh, our new yes, thing. Yes. We're, we're, we're drifters. Uh, but the brakes mm-hmm. were just really shrieky. Um, you know, the, the monster trucks can't just drive. They have to crash. They have to fall off of something. There has to be a ramp. There has to be... Some sort of catastrophe <laughs> in every game and situation. And again, you know, it it just happens. That's with, different. With the yeah. boys. The other thing I notice is the difference in, not that L doesn't care or that M doesn't care for things. They're, they're both caring, thoughtful people. But E has a... Um, I don't know, it's almost like a natural tendency to care and be more cautious, uh, especially about the baby. And I know she's only seven, but it just seems like she already has this sense of, and and I do think that part of that is being the oldest, but part of it is that she's just more <laughs> observant of what's going on around her mm-hmm. and she's more careful and she's more... Want, she's more interested in sitting down and holding the baby and feeding the baby the bottle and things like that. And and L, from day one <clears throat> has been, like, he he is the one that gets on the floor and, like, tickles the baby and does the raspberries and all that stuff and, like, makes him giggle and laugh. And it's just kind of interesting because it's almost the same. I obviously tickle and make the baby laugh, but it's almost the same where my first instinct is to care for and make sure the needs are met and my husband's first instinct is to make sure that they're laughing <laughs> so. and so in your opinion do you think that that is a natural boy girl difference that the kids just naturally have in their personalities and who they are or do you think that that is a learned observed behavior of you and your husband and what roles the two of you play I think it's a little of both of those and a little of personality because I think she like I've said is she's just more empathetic than he is he's more narcissistic a little self-centered <laughs> um love him but the world is his and and some of that is personality and then some of it though I mean at 18 months you give her a baby doll she was gonna hold it and rock it and that's not a thing he was gonna like he doesn't do that he might set them up and drive cars over them and now he'll play with a baby doll as a baby if she's doing it but only because he wants to be part of the game not because he's going to go in there by himself and pick up a baby doll if he's going into a room and there's a bunch of toys he is 100% picking up the flash or batman right now or transformer it's all about transformers i don't know how to use them i don't know how to transform them but i think it's a thing i'll be learning because that's where we are right now Mm mm-hmm so when we talk about all those wonderful qualities and things that kids learn from having a sibling, a spe- specifically a younger sibling in your kid's case, is, you know, they care for the baby and they, they love him and they nurture him and play with him and all of those things. There comes a, a fear, I think, or a sense of guilt, mom guilt, that goes along with having an only child. And I feel like oftentimes we're quick to judge people's family choices without knowing their story, without knowing why did they only have one child? Why do they have multiple children? Or why do they have no children at all? Um, it could be just personal choice. Mm-hmm. Like, it could just boil down to that's what they wanted. That's what they chose. Um, you know, I've read some stories of moms who grew up with siblings and 
didn't really enjoy the experience, weren't really close to them, and so they decided, I only want to have one child. Um, but then there's other people who are very close to their siblings and really enjoyed having that big family and wanted that same. Or I, I, I know someone who grew up an only child and didn't enjoy that and yeah. wanted to have lots of children. So it could just be an issue of, of your experiences and your personal choice and what you want for your family. Um, right now it could also be a financial thing. It's expensive yeah. between hospital bills when the child is born, but then also childcare is expensive. Sending kids to college is expensive. In a previous episode, we also talked a lot about balance and how to balance being a mom and a wife and just your own person and your mm-hmm. career and your goals. And so some people have decided that that is a, is a priority for them and they don't feel like they can balance it and, and do all of the things well enough or that that career and those things are important to them. And so they don't want to have as many children or don't want to have children at all. So there's a lot of things that that go into making that choice and that decision for your family. And it's so personal. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to value everyone's feelings on that and where they are in their life. And sometimes people don't have as many children as they want. You know, we don't know if a person's not having children or not having more children because of infertility. And I think we know several people that have experienced that. And so asking them those questions and pushing that issue can be really hurtful, even unintentionally. Uh, It's not for the lack of trying or wanting children sometimes that, that keeps people from having more children and maybe not having the family that they envisioned they would have. Mm -hmm. Um, And on a personal note, my husband and I, our age difference, we're 13 years apart. He's 13 years older than I am. And so that's been something that, um, you know, with him starting his family later in life, than he probably, you know, once thought he would or that I started. That's something that we've had to include in our discussions of how big of a family do we want? How late in life does he want to to be a dad? So um, I think just valuing and and giving everyone that personal space to make that choice. So while I don't think that this episode is about giving people advice or Um, telling people what to do and what to say, I think that we can just be a little more mindful of the comments that we make to people about their family composition. And you have to recognize that some people have the family they have by choice, and some people were gifted or blessed with that family composition, and some people are working on it and doing their thing, and some people it's just going to be the two spouses and they're gonna have fun and do their thing and so it's again all about respecting those kind of choices it's not like anybody else's family composition is affecting your daily life or hurting you some for some reason so you know if you're at the grocery store next time you see a mom and her three kids maybe say something encouraging or help her with her groceries (laughs) rather than saying wow you've got your hands full (laughs) Yes, that would be good. Say, can I help you carry your groceries or... Yeah, I'll probably still say no, but it's really nice when people do offer things like that. So I guess the moral of the story is just be kind and let everyone have the family that they want or that they have. Um, And it's probably fine that family isn't one size fits all. Mm -hmm.